Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill, like Trump. It's the Great Smoke 2023 Mardi Gras Madness with Kim Keeney. Paul DeGracco. Michael Hurtlots. And Honest Abe DeBadna. Special guest appearances by Robert Holt. Alec and Bradley Rubin. Ernesto Perez Carrillo. Rafael Nodal and Steve Saka. Now, where are my beats? My beats. I want beats. No, seriously, I want some beats. It's Marty Gras Madness. I want beats. Beats. Who's is this thing on? Is anyone listening? Why the heck not? No beats. Come on, give me. Welcome to the Great Smoke 2023 Marty Gras Madness. I'm your host, Honest Abe, with some of the most talented and beautiful people in this room next to me, the lovely Kim Keeney, Michael Herklox, the official virtual face of the virtual TGS. What's up? And where was the underwear? Paul DeGracco, KMA Talk Radio. <laughs> stole my suit. I, I, we were expecting the underwear. My suit. Listen, it's somewhere in this outfit. Maybe by the end of the show, you'll see it. Oh, dude. That would I be got it. to wardrobe, and nothing was there except Paul's underwear. <laughs> And I'm, I'm like, well, we need, a, we need to change yeah, that. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to be in the suit. suit. Yeah. And he left me his dirty underwear. And I said, it's just not today. You know what I mean? Not it was today. My gift to you, Michael. Thank you. That was a Thank hell of you. a gift. 17 years. Yeah. Great smoke. 17 years. How about it, right? And it's kind of like a tale of two events because this is also year three of virtual for everybody watching at home. Which you were obviously part of the first one. And so was Kim. You had the first. I was there. Yeah. The digital experience. Did you think we'd still be doing this two years later? Absolutely not. Yeah, no. I, 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 Come I wasn't on, really. Hey, I wasn't sure. I, I was there too. I was just at the board. You, you were, you were, <laughs> no, you were a remote uh, a calling. I was stuffing my fat face with, uh, yeah. with Evan Darnell That's at right. the Boynton store. And to eating. keep things consistent, oh, you're going to be stuffing your fat face again today. I cannot wait. All over this floor. Oh, I can't wait. The food looks so good. Everything looks great. If you guys are watching from home, obviously we have five hours of fun ahead of us, but. As you're watching and as you're smoking and as you're enjoying, please, we want to see how much fun you're having. The only way we can do that is to look at your posts. So you need to look, uh, you need to post at social media. If you're on Instagram, it is hashtag the great smoke across all platforms. On Instagram, it's at the underscore great smoke. Facebook at 
The Great Smoke. But please post and tag tag us. Make sure that we can see you. If you're on Smoking Social, make sure you're posting to the group because we want to see how much fun yeah, you're we, having. It's, it's part of the fun to get to see what you guys are doing while we're doing this. I tell you what, the post started on social media like Tuesday morning. Oh, yeah. People were flying in. We had guests flying in from Colorado, California, Alaska, Alaska. Israel. Yeah, Israel was New Jersey. before that. There's, there's a guy New from Jersey. Maine that's here. I met him the Jersey. other night over at the store. I mean, there are people here from all over the actually world. We could say the world. Yeah, so we're it very, is the world, of course. Is, yeah, it's the world now. So, oh, we got VIPs just coming in. Oh, the uh, doors have officially opened. The doors have opened. You look at see, this. Look, yep, it's yep. the scramble for the VIPs. They were outside like hyenas. They were. I mean, I was scared to go outside. You didn't want to go outside for a second. Uh, I went out there though. And we're going to see outside later. We're going to have a couple clips. Yes, we do. These guys were out there engaging with the crew. A couple things for you at home while we're getting everything underway. Um, we do have the online store for you guys. So all the specials and promotions are available here, are available in the TGS store. If you bought your virtual ticket, you can access it. Please remember, allow seven to ten business days for us to process the orders. Everybody's going to be slammed, but we will get your order and your gift and your swag all that out to you we'll get it to you as soon as we can and then everybody who got a ticket whether you're at home or you're here live you're automatically entered into a raffle we got 25 pretty epic prizes that will be given away at five times throughout the show today and i mean let's not i'm going to go through this bag later but the stuff you get i mean never mind the uh, 32 cigars that you're getting from all these vendors but which have over a 350 dollars value just the cigars, just the cigars. This, this we is, did the math yeah. this is criminal it is. It's absolutely criminal, but we do it for you. And whether you're here live with us in person, whether you're watching live and you have a virtual ticket, getting the ticket is the only way to really enjoy this. If you didn't get a chance and you're just watching live along with us, good for you. But next year, don't miss out on these packages and prizes and raffles and chances to win. It's just uh, it's an extraordinary event and extraordinary value. I mean, look, if you can make it here physically, make it. The production, I mean... I was blown away when I saw the stages here. The, the set is unbelievable. Wait till you guys see the, what's going the on. The crew here. was in here working at night. I went to the dinner that Michael actually hosted this year. Fabulous uh, Red Meat Lovers Club dinner with Ferio Diego cigars. And I came in the next morning. I was like, holy cow. It's a I mean, real, it's the real this deal This is a here. production. Now, this, we're like life. officially a huge like production. So I, I did a couple amazing. behind the scenes stuff. You'll see it posted. But, you know, when you look at, the, I mean, you say production. There's lots of like productions, but this is real production. No, it's a production. Cameras, producers, full, you know, whatever that is. Control AV center. Over we there. call it I mean, control it's, center. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. And let me tell you something. That dinner last night, I don't know if you saw the video I posted, but all I did was walk the length of the table, yeah. right? We it had, was massive. We had over 200 people at dinner. So I took my phone and I just walked the length. You know how, just take a guess on how much time that took. Realistically. To walk now, the table? To walk, what, what my, I didn't speed up. I didn't slow down. Regular I just pace. Yeah, and regular pace two, walk. Two I mean, minutes? it's got to be a few minutes. It was yeah. a minute and 20 seconds. Yeah. Wow. Wow. To walk the length of a dining room table. A and dining everybody room got fed. And, and everybody got fed. Every server had to walk that length. Every yes. steak and potato yes. went that length. <laughs> and it, they were killer. They were absolutely killer. We were, we it were, was delicious. We were all there. Everybody there. Oh, except Paul. I was. I Paul was, had a previous. Oh. I had a previous <laughs> engagement. Yes. Yeah, he had a previous engagement. Yes. 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 I mean, you were nuts to miss it, but like, uh, it's all right. What do they call it, the Boston Tea Party? Yeah, that's what they called it, <laughs> okay. yes. That's, that's so. all the detail we'll go into. Okay. I'm sorry I missed it, but, man, they, they it is always a great time at it the is. dinner. And I, I, I was and having I, major fun. And we did really have the host with the most. So Absolutely. it was an honor, honor and a awesome. pleasure. 
Um, Do we have login info? Is there like specific information for people to get into the TGS store? If they have their ticket, it'll automatically enter them in. All they got to do is log into their account. Right. If they're already logged in, it'll let them in. Um, you know, after 17 years, it's hard to continue to add. I mean, the event starts, the event used to only be one day long. So that that's how we started well, 17 years ago. One day, it was an afternoon in a, afternoon. Par- in, in a parking lot. Right. In a parking lot. Right. And so, now we're, what, 60,000 square feet? In a convention center. Yes, absolutely. And it's, I'd say it's really solid amazing. growth. Just a little. Really solid. Look at the crowd. A couple I hundred mean, people to a few thousand people. This easy. is just the VIPs. Oh, no. The, the masses are this still outside. This is just the VIPs. Yeah, the masses are still outside. And, and they're outside having a good time, too, by the way. Well, they're we, they're we, not just standing around. One of the things, well, we do have some entertainment and some coffee, tobacco, coffee uh, bars out there. Yep. But one of the cool things, after 17 years, and as we kept adding events, Wednesday, I mean, not Wednesday, well, we didn't have one Wednesday, but Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday brunch, you figure we can't do any more things. And of course, um, Mitch Rockwell, the distinguished ruffians, reached out to me last year after the Great Smoke and literally said, we're going to throw a tailgate party. Now, I wasn't able to go out there for one second, but I heard already from some of the people in line that I went out earlier that it was actually a pretty jumping good time out there. Espinosa was out there, yes. right, with cigars. The donuts alone were the the daily allotment of calories my, my daughter and i picked those up at seven in the morning uh, add the breakfast so beer i mean people the are breakfast real, beer i love are, it the people breakfast are off beer. to a serious i think start. eric was dipping a donut in a beer he said you way, should try this here's the other thing when you look at just any of the individual events or experiences on their own they are world-class events thank you right yeah. i mean just last night's dinner killer the event with steve saka yeah people would would wait for a year to do that event with yes. Steve Saka. Yep. Yep. These are these are really it's you know a jam-packed four yeah. days of epic events. Yeah, it's not just this main event, but yeah, we went. My daughter and I went and picked in the morning. I got up about five thirty. I literally and I'm I'm going to age myself here. Kim may not even know this, but I literally felt like in the morning I was going. Time to pick up the donuts. <laughs> Time to pick up the donuts. That's literally what I was saying to myself. But you did. Was well, and we got beer. them, and we they were appreciated. Beer. And I saw a lot of greasy faces walking in with big smiles that I knew they crushed. But Paul, you hung out with donuts. them. I went out there. I went out there. I may have snuck a donut, but uh, listen, man, there's nothing like before the show. Like they're they're actually partying before we even open the gates. I mean, people are standing out there, blasting music, drinking beers, having a great time, smoking cigars. Eric was out there, like hobnobbing with everybody. It was it was fun. Welcome back, everybody. This segment of The Great Smoke 2023 is being brought to you by award-winning Yellowstone Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, a distilling tradition seven generations strong. Yellowstone, how about that? Anyone like whiskey in this room? We got any whiskey fans? Mr. Holt? You got to love the whiskey. You got to love the whiskey, my man. Uh, Robert, this is your first onstage interview, Great Smoke, yeah? Yes, sir. Yes, We're excited. Sir. I'm honored to be here. I'm going to be gentle, I promise. <laughs> hey, uh, I think first things first, um, it's worth recognizing your service. You're a veteran, 18 years in the Army, Signal Corps, 101st Airborne. Is that right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. And it was my honor, of course. You know, I mean, honestly, I appreciate the acknowledgement, but our brothers and sisters, man, it's uh, it's it's something that lasts forever. It's it's a it's it's a it's a discipline that lasts forever. I know that folks are just coming in right now, but just a show of hands. Do we have any veterans in the room this evening or this afternoon? Some veterans over here. Raise your hands. Veteran, veteran. Hey, folks in the hall, how about we stand up and get a standing ovation to our veterans today? Huh? 
They let us do this. We appreciate your service, really. Robert, we've met a few times over the years. Um, as a spectator watching Southern Draw, whether it was as a consumer or as a retailer, I have to say that um, the growth and development of Southern Draw is nothing short of extraordinary. It's, it's nine years, and your growth in nine years, I, I think, would be the envy of uh, up-and-coming cigar brands and cigar businesses because you've really gone from brand-new boutique to approaching that household, uh, that household brand level. Uh, I'm curious, can you describe some of your favorite moments in that journey where it was kind of the light bulb of, yeah, like another goal accomplished, another hallmark of success? What are some of those that stand out to you? And first of all, thanks for acknowledging that growth. You know, great family, great partners, great industry that's allowed us to participate. So, you know, we take our hat off to the, the influences. And for us, it is all about the influences, the godfathers, the kings, the queens, the ones that came before us that taught us to love a culture and a tradition. And then to meet all the way down to the humble people that actually make it happen, which is really where we wanted to fit in. Um, but for me, the journey was about sharing the most influential people in my life. I'm now early 50s. Um, I've been blessed to travel the world multiple times, but it's those few people that really stuck that you learn from and you, and you change your life and you change your approach and you change your mentality. Um, so every blend for Southern Draw is in fact a story of character and personality of great influences on my life. Um, but the for, first and foremost, you know, the Rose of Sharon. That's what people know us for, and it's intentional because the Rose of Sharon, you know, obviously Sharon is my wife, 28 years, bless her, she's in the back. Bless um, her. But uh, being able to bring something that showed beauty and grace um, in a world that's kind of topsy-turvy, uh, to do that in a blend that captured that personality, that really captured and resonated with the people to share her story has been the blessing of our company, right? To be able to share that. And it was the catalyst uh, for the growth and the opportunities that we had. And we followed that similarly with other very influential people uh, with blends that we believe that capture their character, personality, and let people get to know them as individuals. And if you think about when you sort of set your North Star on how you were going to approach your business and grow the company, certainly the, the idea of, of the, the furthest vision of success, I think, rings true in all of our hearts as brand owners of where we really wish to achieve some of those, those inspirational companies and brands that we would like to be included. Where are you in that journey towards what might be that ultimate goal? Where are we today nine years in? Well, powerful question. Well, you know, we didn't start this with an expectation of being great or grand or anything. We decided to do the best we could with what we had and to make the most sustainable products that we could and sell them for the fairest prices. That way we could spend time with people that buy and sell our cigars. Now, that being said, um, it, we're in a transition. We're in that time now that we're large enough that small mistakes cost us all dearly. We know that. Um, we've had great partnerships to this point, but now we're in a position where we need to start looking to expand our partnerships, our relationships, our reach, and more importantly, um, you know, when it comes to, to Robert Holt, Sharon Holt, and our Southern Draw family as a whole, 
we want to make sure we fortify that with people that are like mindset that really love the brand and want to be part of what we're doing in the future and you know michael that's really all about bringing good home cooking to the masses right as we travel we just want to bring that home cooking something we're proud of to put on the table for folks well we've got upwards of 1500 people who are going to be in this room obviously the vips have already come in taken their seats and there are hundreds and hundreds of people watching right now on virtual and we were talking earlier on the set the community that is smoke in that is the great smoke is a strong community how can this community help you and Southern Draw and your, and your company. What can the community do here and at home virtually to help you build and grow? But, and, I, and it's again a great question because I think in that transition um, over our last eight or nine years, COVID was really a blessing, Michael. And, and it was a sense that it taught us to do things differently and to accept that as the new norm and to use that as a way to fortify our path forward. So although we spent the first seven or eight years on the road every day in retail shops, seven, eight shops a day, 330 days a year, great. COVID stopped it and it stopped it and it said, okay, are you gonna sit back at home or in the office and pout about it? Or are you gonna find a way to reach the people? Enter social media, enter virtual hearse enter a way to reach people and to spend time with them, even in the comfort of their homes or their garages or their RV campground. In our case, we traveled in the bus a lot. So this audience getting to know us beyond the brand. And I think that is, are you want to, do you want to be part of our mission? And our mission is we want to do all things with charity. We want to bring attention to great charities, which is why we're all here today uh, with the Kids Cancer Foundation. And we want to make sure that each time we put something out on the market and we ask our retail partners and our consumers and our media members to join us, that they understand the mission and that they want to be part of that mission. So how they can help us is continue to support the brands that support the missions and the charities that are most important to them. And we hope that we fit somewhere in the middle of that. I think the idea of philanthropy and charity and finding a way to give something back can sometimes be a, uh, a daunting challenge. It often overwhelms people, the idea of how can I find time to do it? Um, and I, obviously you are very involved in charity. I've done a lot of charitable work over the years and I find it to be easy if you think with that mindset of simply how can I incorporate this? How can I do a little? A little is okay, right? Can, can you give us a little insight to some of the charities and the work that you're doing and the impact that Southern Jaw is making on, on those charities? Absolutely. And, and I think the biggest gift that I have is I don't know that my, my spiritual gift is uh, a heart of service or giving. I think I work hard and I like to make a difference and I like to do the best I can to yield quantifiable results. Now that fits in this mission, but I surrounded myself by people that have hearts of service that truly just want to serve others, not for pride, not for, not for narcissism, but to do something good. Now, that being said, um, I think the fact that in our industry, we have the opportunity to let everybody in this industry play a specific role without any of us having to do the heavy lifting. So you are absolutely correct in a sense that it's easy. It's easy if you've got good retail, wholesale, consumer, media partners to join because all of us are now are putting a coin in the bucket. You're not doing it and I'm not doing it. We're all asking them to join and to put something quantifiable in. But at the end of the day, 
What we have to do, whether it's in Nicaragua, Honduras, Dominican Republic, some of the outlying tobacco growing regions that we're in, uh, in our own communities, is we've got to find something that we can make a quantifiable difference in and commit to it where they can um, they can expect and they can trust that we're going to deliver it. So we have to work harder. We have to do more. We have to have more events. We have to have more partnerships because ultimately the needs of the world are growing. Just a little bit more makes a huge difference. I want to ask, obviously, 18 years in the Army, so with a strong military background, I appreciate your story, whether you look on your website and social media. It's a very authentic tale. This is not a marketing spin. It's truly authentic. And the two things that stand out to me when I dive into your story is there is a, a, a clear pillar foundation of military background, also a very clear foundation in faith. And I'm curious, how has your military background and your faith background, how do those two things play a role in how you lead your business every day and grow your business every day? Well, let's start with the military background and the exposure to structure. Um, you understand in the military, most people are trained in specific occupations to do a specific job, but that specific job entails everyone on the team to do their part. So there's a lot of trust. That trust has translated to all business, not just the cigar industry, the corporate world, and even the charities that we're supporting, right? So being efficient in what you do so that people can count on you around you and that you can also in turn trust them. I think that structure is vitally important to success in business, whether it's this industry or another. Now, the other side, faith is obviously the most important. I can tell you sitting on this stage today that I was a lost man for many years. I came from a background of faith, but I thought I had to change the world on my own. I grew up poor. I grew up abused. I grew up with brothers and sisters with hand-me-down clothes and patches, right? Life was a struggle. We all had a hustle. And all of a sudden, you feel like you're big enough and strong enough, and then you realize when your mates and your family around you go, listen, Robert, you are the problem. The problem is you don't have faith, and you don't have the ability to look past uh, the things that have happened. So it comes down to this with faith. Are we going to live in the past and try to get back everything and every wrong that we think's done to us. So we're going to focus on the future and work together to do something good. So part of our charities ignite some good. And it really is using this industry as a platform to share missions because faith has to be important. And I'm going to take it one step further and I'll leave it at that. If you look at all the core blends of Southern Draw, right there on the band in big bold letters are the words Soli Deo Gloria. That is glory to God alone for those Latin lovers. But the reality of it is, it was my wife's reminder to Robert Holt to keep my priorities straight no matter what happens, where we go. And I think that's the brand, I, the identity of the brand is to keep that first and foremost in our life. Robert, Southern Jaw is offering this year a TGS exclusive cigar. Uh, just for the folks here, why don't you tell us, oh, you're smoking one now, smells delicious from here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the Southern Draw TGS exclusive? Brother, you've been in this industry long enough to know that we like to work on projects and we do it for ourselves and we have a goal behind it. And sometimes it's just too expensive to put on the marketplace. So in this case, this blend was something that we've had for about 10 years in the coffers. It was the early dream of Southern Draw to release this cigar. Uh, it is a San Andreas Maduro wrap cigar, beautiful, chocolatey, rich, but it's a San Andreas natural binder 
some beautiful classic tobaccos, you know, uh, Pilo to Cabano Lajero. But when I looked at the cogs way back when, when we first started, when I thought, don't look at the cogs, bro. Oh, it's too late. Don't now, look right? at the cogs. Um, I had an account, you know, I had an accounting background, right? So it was terrible. But when you looked at it, it was like, there's no way Southern Draw in 2013, 2014 is going to put out an MSRP $17 cigar. We wouldn't be sitting here today. Uh, but I loved it. And we kept that blend. And ultimately, when Abe approached us and says, hey, it's your turn. You're in the rotation, brother. You better bring something because we've got some we've got some skilled folks. You've seen who does these releases. You've been yes, part sir. of it. So how do you do it? you got to bring your best. And my best was get back to the home cooking. We couldn't do it in the big, massive volume. But now we get to share it as an exclusive. And it's been a great joy of mine to share it for the first time. Folks, there is a TGS exclusive from Southern Draw. This is Robert Holt from Southern Draw. Please don't go away. We have lots more live at The Great Smoke 2023. Ladies and gentlemen, round of applause for Robert Holt of Southern Draw. We will be right back. Thank you, Cancer Foundation, for all of your support. Thank you, Abe, at The Smoke Inn for your continued support. And The Great Smoke events benefit the Kids Cancer Foundation. Hey guys, this is Barbie and Baron and Grayson, my son Aiden, their brother, was diagnosed with ALL three years ago and we just wanted to say thank you so much for all that you do to assist the families at the Kids Cancer Foundation and Abe at Smokin for the continued support with the Great Smoke event um, to benefit the Kids Cancer Foundation. So thank you so much for all that you do. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you, Kids Cancer, for all of your support and everything that you do for us. Michelle, Nicole, Megan, you ladies are phenomenal. Your events were so over the top. Thank you so much for having us. Also, Abe at the Smoke Inn, thank you so much for your support as well, too, with your most recent event. I greatly appreciate everything you guys do for us. Once again, thank you so much. You people are phenomenal. Mwah. Thank you. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, 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 bye. Hi, my name is Michelle O'Boyle. I am the founder and executive director of the Kids Cancer Foundation. I just wanted to take a moment to thank Abe, Smokin, and all of you who are participating in the Great Smoke for your continued support of the Kids Cancer Foundation. It's thanks to individuals like all of you that we are able to provide the many programs and services needed to meet the needs of our young patients and families battling childhood cancer. None of that would be possible without the support of individuals like all of you. For more information about the Kids Cancer Foundation, please check us out on Facebook or visit our website at www.kidscancersf.org. Little warriors need big heroes like all of you. Thank you for helping us help them fight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Great Smoke 2023. We are live on the main stage for another terrific interview. Uh, now we have Alec and Bradley Rubin of Alec and Bradley Cigars. Fellas, what's happening? Not too much. Happy to be here. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. I mean, you do a lot of cigar events. I do a lot of cigar events. Yep. Is there any cigar event like this anywhere? Not at all. None better. None better. There's just none better. Now, folks, I don't know if you would agree with this assessment or not. I have spent the last, I don't know, three or four weeks preparing for these interviews. And, uh, you know, looking at these guys, trying to do some research, 
I just, I can't find anything going on with these guys. You know what I mean? It's like you look up Alec Bradley and it's just a snooze fest. No it, headlines? Nothing. It's like you haven't even been in business. I mean, what is going on? Obviously, I'm kidding, folks. I guess uh, technically we're not anymore, so. <laughs> we, will, we will get to uh, some of that exciting news a little bit later in our interview. But first things first. Fellas, you grew up seeing your dad uh, run Alec Bradley, your namesake. And at some point, you went from being Alan Rubin's sons and namesake to now having your own brand and being real contributors to industry. Before we get there, could we back up for a moment? And let's start with Alec first. Alec, what did 10-year-old Alec want to be when you were a kid? What was your dream? 10-year-old Alec uh, thought he wanted to be an engineer, but only because it sounded cool and he actually didn't know what that meant. Like like structural engineer, train engineer? I don't know. I just thought engineering we sounded cool. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't know what it was. Engineer, good. Yeah. And then uh, realized what I actually wanted to do was be in business. And then as I got older, you know, turned 18, started smoking cigars, realized that this is what I wanted to do. So that, as soon as you started enjoying cigars, was the light bulb moment for you? Absolutely. I, yeah, I, I want to make quick. a living. Yeah. We were never really pushed to uh, have to come into this industry, but I love the camaraderie of the, of the industry. I ended up falling in love with tobacco, and it just kind of made sense for me. And Bradley, when you were a kid, what, what were your dreams and aspirations as a kid? Pro football player. Pro? Miami, Miami Dolphins, baby. That's it. And did you play a lot? No. <laughs> okay. That, that would be like me having dreams of pro football, Correct. right? Uh, there's same not boat. a snowball's chance in hell no. that that's – I'm not even sure I knew what the football looked like. If you handed me a ping pong ball, I would have been like, this football. is – I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, is, was that, is that a true answer? Like, really? Did you think you were going to play football? I didn't think I was, but I wanted that. You wanted I it. I wanted it more than anything. So, let's – as <laughs> – as you entered reality, yeah. let's say, teenage, and, and realized that you weren't actually playing, what were, like, your key interests as a young adult looking to go to school, looking to pursue something? What did those interests look like then? I mean, uh, hanging with friends, trying to skip school. Um, but then I was like, man, my dad's like, seems like he's pretty good at business. And I was like, I didn't really know what that meant. But I was just like, I feel like I could be in business. But what kind of business? Don't know. Um, so did either of you work in a, let's say, related field prior to joining the company with your dad? Yeah. Like, give me some of that background. Yeah, I worked at Jimmy John's. No. Did you? Yeah. And? Oh, is that not related? <laughs> of course it's related. Oh, okay. I worked, I made donuts for two years. I did that too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Dunkin' Donuts. By the way, did anybody get a donut out there? Did I you? didn't no, see them. I didn't oh, get a donut. They, we got donuts. I mean, these guys, there, there was not a donut left, trust me, when you showed up. They crushed all of the donuts. Uh, okay, so so fast forward. Uh, finally, around 18, 19, it sounds like you both kind of got that bug, right? Yeah, absolutely. You enjoyed cigars. You got passionate about it. What was the conversation like with your dad to say, uh, no, I'm, I'm serious. Like, we really want to be involved. How did that go? For, for me, it took a little longer. For me, it was right before I was graduating college. I did want to explore other options, maybe like some sort of sports marketing, going back to the football. 
Um, but then I smoked cigars all throughout college, and I knew the cigars was the only thing for me. My name's on the company. Why would I want to do anything else other than this? But Bradley's not telling you. We were asking him for months. What are your plans after college? And, and what, what, what year are we us. talking? What year are we talking? 2017. 2017. Yeah. 2017. So 2017. You're kind of knocking on dad's door like, what is the plan? What are we doing? Right. Yeah, we, we were all calling him being like, what are you, you going to do? Yeah. And he's like, I'm coming into the family business. And I just said it would have been nice if you told anyone. <laughs> okay. Uh, so what your how did each of you start in the company you obviously did not start making your own cigars right away give a little insight to what that learning curve was coming into a family business dad's had a lot of success what were some of your early roles in the company well for me um, we had just got rid of a marketing company that had been working with us for a couple of years so we had no one doing social media and they're like you're young you know how to do social media I did not know how to do social media and so that was my the beginning for me is social. But isn't, isn't that like one of the best ways to learn when you get just thrown in without the option to fail, especially because you're not an employee, you're a son, for God's sake. Right. It's got to be different pressure. Yeah, huge pressure, always. It's but always made it happen. Yeah, I'm still learning. You know, I'm still, get, I could always get better, but yeah, I still run social media, so I think it's going pretty well. Great. What was your early stuff, early so work? My, my transition was a little bit different because while I was in school, I was also working part-time at Alec Bradley, doing kind of whatever needed to be needed to happen. And then the day I graduated, I just went full-time. So, but still doing that kind of grunt work, all, all yes. hands, whatever needed to be yeah, done. Yeah, whatever needed to, get, to be done. And the cool thing was our dad never threw us into one position. He said, go learn everything and then figure out what you're passionate about within the company. And so that meant that you had to you had to work with fellow employees, right? Yeah. People have been working with the company. What was it like uh, for those folks who were training the owner's son? What are you, sons? What was the pressure like there? Oh, they right? harassed the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So at some point, you had to have had a conversation with your dad that said, okay, enough with the grunt. Enough with uh, some of the all-hands work. We want to get serious about this, and we want to start making cigars under our own brand. What was that conversation like? It, it actually, when did it happen? It happened uh, at the end of 2017. Uh, I went to Alec. I went to our father, Alan, and was like, hey, I think we should be making our own brands. That way people get to know who we are. As my father doesn't want to travel anymore, and we start traveling, people get to know us, our personalities, because... Brands are a reflection of who we are. Alec Bradley is a reflection of our father, not necessarily us. So we wanted the opportunity to create brands so people got to know who we are. And have you found, so you presented this idea to your dad. It's time for us to do our own thing. That was end of 2017, right? What was his response? He said, let's do it. Yeah, but the problem was he said, let's do it. And then Bradley said, no, you don't understand. You're not involved. Uh-huh. So we're going to do this without you. Yeah, without we it. needed the creative freedom to not have them, you know. Which I guess is, is illustrated by the fact that you started working with factories that your dad did not. Correct. Right? And yeah. that was Ernie. Ernesto Prescadillo. Who we're going to be interviewing a little bit later on uh, this afternoon. So now you're in a new factory that has no pre-existing relationship, no baggage, no bias, and I don't mean baggage in a bad way, but just, you know, that, that pre-existing idea of, sure. of what Alec Bradley means. 
Alec and Bradley is a completely different proposition. How did the work start to develop with Ernesto and his team? So first, Bradley came to me and told me what he wanted to do, which was make a cigar in the Dominican. And I said, okay, who do you want to work with? And his first choice was Ernesto. So the, really the first step was, because I was seeing him a few weeks after that, was going up to him and just having that conversation of, hey, do you want to do a project together? And he said, 1,000%. Um, now, I'm were, in. You, were you intimidated to have that conversation first? I was very intimidated by Ernesto. He's Not, a real dude. Yeah. I mean, I mean he's, he's... I'm intimidated to interview him, and I've known him for 20 years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you look at him, he doesn't seem like the most friendly person in the world. But when you get to know him, the he's, a sweet, he's a sweetheart. sweetheart. And, yeah. and him like being Abe. a leg... Right. You see, and, Abe, you're scared, <laughs> you're scared half to death. Right. And, I still am. Listen, um, let's talk quickly about post-acquisition life. We just have a couple minutes. For those of you who don't know, Alec Bradley was recently acquired by STG. Tell us a little bit about what is the thing you are most looking forward to post-acquisition? Um, I think just working with a different team, you know, having the resources, the people that they've worked with. We both know a lot of them there. So I think we're just excited to see what they can bring to the table that we didn't have at Alec Bradley and the resources. So. Coming, coming from a small family business, coming into this, this big company, I'm excited to, to learn. I'm really excited to learn. You know, it's always exciting to be able to surround yourself with really smart people and just absorb what they have, you know, to share. And uh, so I think the future of Alec Bradley and Alec and Bradley is awfully bright under uh, General. Thank you. You all have an exclusive TGS cigar that is available today. In the two minutes that we have left, can you each give me a little snippet uh, about the cigar and what people can look forward to about it? Uh, so at least I'll talk about the brand. It's called Crew. A, cr a crew is the people that put together Mardi Gras. And so this cigar is meant for the people here um, at Smoke In, the great smoke that put this together. They spent all year working on the great smoke and it's Mardi Gras, you know, theme. So I thought nothing better than to name a crew in honor of all the people that worked very hard to, uh, to be here. And can you tell us a little bit about the blend? Who made it? What, what, what does it taste like? What's the experience? Bradley knows better than I did. This was his project. Well, Bradley, go ahead. So it's a it's a Churchill. It's a seven by forty seven. Uh, comes in a ten pack. It's Honduran, Nicaraguan. Very typical Alec Bradley, but we wanted to just kind of make it a very easy, rich smoke. Nothing nothing too strong, but still very rich in flavor. I'll tell you, uh, looking at the accolades that you all have received, the Kintsugi cigar I love, number twenty five cigar of the year, the Gatekeeper, number seven cigar of the year. I've had, I've known your dad a very long time and having conversations with your dad about you two was always something special before, but to see the pride in his face when he talks about your success without his direct participation, you can tell clearly how proud he is and how much it means to him that you guys are doing this on your own. What does it mean to you? to be able to deliver that level of work and success following in your dad's footsteps? I don't feel like we've, we've hit that level of success yet. Uh, they're big shoes to fill. We are still very young in this industry and we have a long way to go. So I don't, I don't look at it as the successes we have already had, but kind of more looking toward the future in terms of what we're gonna do. And for me, it's just honoring. You know, the fact that people like our cigars, love our cigars, to see it get rated and have people notice us. I mean, that's what we all 
do it for is just for everyone to enjoy and love and just, you know, having any sort of a bit of success is just very um, honoring and very lucky. You all have a lot to be proud of. Your cigars are great. If you have not purchased the TGS 2023 crew exclusive by Alec and Bradley, please go do so. We have someone desperate for beads in the front, so we will get those. But folks, we have something else that's going to happen today with our friends here, because you may or may not know, um, we did a little fundraiser in the spirit of charity, in the spirit of raising money. Uh, I believe, Abe, that uh, there is still something left to do. But first, how about a round of applause for Alec and Bradley Rubin of Alec and Bradley Cigars. All Abe, right. What the heck is going on here? Well, you know, sit down, sit down, Vince. Why does everybody like it when I abuse Vince Benetti? That's a question that people need to ask. You're the anti-goat. No, I'm not touching your balls. Sit down. I'm not touching your uh -uh, balls. No way. So look, it takes a certain type of man, I think, to support this kind of a mustache. It's a serious stash, guys. That's a serious. How about a round of applause for the stash? That's a serious. I mean, this is stash goals. That's some like really like professional mustache going on. And I've teased Bradley Rubin about this for years. So I think it was, what was it? Was it during our broadcast for the release of the crew? Yeah, yeah for the release. Yeah. So I said, if we could raise $10,000 for the charity of your choice, would you shave the mustache live during the Great Smoke? And he agreed. It's coming off. Did we hit it? And we did raise the $10,000. So I have my partner, Adrian Mitchell. This is my partner in my Real Clips Barbershop. They're the guys cleaning us all up, making us look good today. We're going to run a video first? Nope. Wait. Sorry. I'm not a rookie, Michael. I've done this a couple times. <laughs> This is my barber, Adrian Mitchell from Reels Clips Barbershop. He will be shaving the stash. Now, everybody pay attention because where it gets a little creepy. I'm going to collect the hairs from that stash. I'm going to throw up from that stash. I'm going to collect the hairs. We're going to do a little mustache portrait. I'm going to glue the hairs on the portrait and frame it in my office. Bradley Rubin's mustache shaved as a great smoke. <laughs> 2023. So I need a volunteer to hold the smock. Who wants to volunteer? Well, I think I should give it to the man who came the furthest. He came the furthest from Israel. Come here. Come on, Seth. Let's do it. He did jump up first. That guy, he sprung like a spring chicken, man. I never seen him move so fast. Around the side. All right. So sit down. Relax. Sit down. You need to get ready. There you go. So before we, hold on, before you sit down, I need you to look here. I have a very special, everybody, we just, have a moment. I need I need Bradley to hear this. I have a very special message from a very special person for you. Bradley, you're an amazing person, always the first to give of yourself. I know the mustache has become a bit of a calling card, but you are willing to get it shaved off for a good cause. Congratulations on raising $10,000 for the Boys and Girls Club of Broward County, a very worthwhile cause. 
You are in an industry filled with a lot of great people, and I know someone else will step up next for another good cause. Since I know Matt Booth, wouldn't it be great for Matt to be the great cigar person to step up and do the cutting today and the next one to commit to getting shaved for a great cause? Eight, thanks for putting out the challenge, and I hope you have a great event. Not at all. No, so not at all. Just so you know, his mom, if you haven't figured it out, the highest contributor <laughs> to the cause to have his mustache shaved. I need audio. So, if you will, have a seat. Shows you how much you really right. want that thing well, gone. Before, hey, she's I, gonna, I, is I she just... going to be elated? <laughs> she's, how happy is your mom going to be? She's oh, going to be very the happy. Happiest, the happiest I've ever heard. supposed to be one of her favorite people right now. Oh yeah, one thousand percent. I got this to happen. Yeah, absolutely. But thank you. Before before we shave it off, I want to say thank you, Abe. Thank you, everyone that contributed to a great cause, the Boys and Girls Club of Broward County. Um, this is the best community in the world, and I can't thank you guys enough. So there let's you go. let's get rid of this thing. And we're gonna, I'm going to take a little a little picture no, wait, first. Before we before we take, how long have you had this mustache? I've had this mustache since February of 2020. Woo. Whoa, 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 whoa. But it was a beard before that. We're taking a little picture, everyone. Last picture before it gets shaved. Woo. Now awesome. You can, now you can sing Shave the Stash. Let's do it. Hold there on. Go. We're going to need a better tool for that. Do we got any kind of background music? for? Oh, oh, that's what we need. We're going to we need go. a real tool. No, no, don't give it to We're going to need a real no, no, tool. No, 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 no. Don't give it to Seth. We're going to need a real tool for that. I don't think it's going to work. You do not give him dangerous I don't think it's going to work. No, 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 no. Shave the stash, baby. All right. Shave the stash. Do we have any music? Shave the stash. Shave the stash. All right. Let's shave the stash. I really hope your mom is watching live at home right now. She is. Now, you got to catch the mustache now. Hold on. Let's get it don't 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 drop the smock. The, the goal is to wrap it up and take it so I can collect it. No. There you go. Oh, we got a side cam. Look at that. I think I see a tear. I, I'm gonna tell you something how good of a sport. Bradley Rubin does not want to have his mustache shaved. I got Alan Rubin on FaceTime. Oh, there he is. Your dad, his dad is on FaceTime watching this. Those are real tears. Those are real tears. Oh, oh you look good. You look good. Oh my God. All right, we can clean them up back at the we can clean them up back at the barbershop. Collect them here. Collect them. Say hi to Pops. That's historic hairs. Collect it. Those are historic hairs. We'll do anything for fun, really. It's kind of crazy. Say hi to Alan Rubin, everybody. Pretty crazy, huh? Woo. Oh, that is clean. All right. While that's happening, we gave away some raffles while some of you are still outside. So, Justin Shafoyt, Tony Archetti. Justin Shafoyt and Tony Archetti. If you have won, if you're here, you've won some raffles, please see the guys over the control center or you find Alex Cabela, just bother him. They'll get it to you. On another Ooh, note, what I'd like to say is, 
Look, there's a lot that goes on in putting this together. It seems like it's come to my attention that some of you are missing the black Monte Cristo bag that's in these cases. We have sent somebody to the warehouse to get extra bags. It should be back here in about an hour. So if you did not get your black Monte Cristo drawstring bag, Bart, hold yours up so they know what I'm talking about. Bart, Bart Espinosa, I'm glad you're here with us. Yeah, there you go. If you did not get that bag right there, go to the sales center in the pit in about an hour, and they'll have some, they'll give you one, all right? If you've already gotten one, please let the people who didn't get one get it first. And then if we have extra, you guys can have whatever's left. All good? Look at this. Come on, stand next to me. Look at this. Woo! Woo! So, okay, so look, I need, I need, wait, we need, we, we need to, we need a vote. We need to know. I'm going to ask if you like it better with or without. Okay, here we go. Ready? I need to hear you. Should he keep the mustache? Everybody in favor of him staying clean shaven. The people have spoken, bro. I don't care on this one. The people I shaved have spoken. it. I shaved it. It's coming You're back. Good. Do I? Yes. I don't know. All right. I'll take a full one. This is just fun. Oh, where's the pot? That looks nice. I'll do a shot of that too. <laughs> oh, I better slow down. We got a long show ahead. All right, thank you, Michael. You have legs. All right, cheers. cheers Woo! Okay, gang. This is going to be a long break. Our gracious hosts need this time to freshen up and replenish. So whatever quick chores you have, feed the cat, walk the dog, or whatever you need to get done that can get done in less than 10 minutes, now is the time to do it. If the goat did his job, you may have some neat footage during this break. If not, you'll have to settle for watching the crowd. I crowd. When we return, Steve Saka will be taking the main stage with Michael Herklotz. Oh, this should be fun. The Great Smoke 2023, Mardi Gras Madness. Speaking of the crowd, look at them. They've all got beats. What does the guy have to do here to get beats? All right, I need to call my agent. What up, folks? Goat here. And if you made it this far into the broadcast, I just want to take a minute and personally thank you. We appreciate you. Really hope you're enjoying the show. So we have a nice size break here, and I figured rather than having you guys sit there at home watching everybody else party from the top down, I would put together a little video for you. So we have some mishaps, some TGS mishaps, some employee fails, just a little something for you guys to laugh, to kill a little bit of time until we come right back. So sit back, enjoy, and we'll be right back with you. And did they really think I wasn't going to get this done? Come on. Thank you. 
Facebook, I want you to know that. No, it can't be. It can't be. It can't be. Not in the video, but where's good? Let's figure out. Is this good right here? Welcome, Smokey and fans. Wait a minute. I need like five seconds before I'm done talking so I can cut it. Is it good here? It's perfect. Hold on. Go that way. There we go. Ready? Welcome, Smokey and fans. Join us for a special event celebration of Al Michaels' 80th... <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. This segment of The Great Smoke 2023 is being brought to you by Yellowstone Bourbon. We are on the main stage again. Great Smoke 2023. The one and only Mr. Steve Saka, ladies and gentlemen. I think I could even hear the people at home watching virtually cheering for this interview. Did you hear that? I don't even understand why. It's been three years now, right, that we've been doing this? Virtual, three right. years. You guys keep inviting me up on this stage. There are so many prettier, more eloquent, better monkeys that you could get up here to dance than me. But Yeah, but the answer is very simple, because every year you deliver a TGS exclusive cigar for these folks to buy, yeah. and so this is the opportunity to get caught up with you and then talk about that cigar. The only problem with that cigar is it sells out every year in 24 hours. So these are good problems to we have. Got, we don't have any of them to sell. These are but good problems. I got problems this really have. boss pimp hat. It's a solid hat. What do we and think I, about the hat? Are we fans you of the like hat? The hat? Well, here's the problem. I'm a fat bastard, so I can't wear the hat because as soon as I put it on, I like a fire hydrant. So, <laughs> so anybody want it. this hat? Because I can't. I can't have this hat. Uh oh. We got a lot of arms up. There it is. Don't hurt yourselves. We got it. The hat has been delivered. That's like a two hundred dollar pimp hat, brother. You're gonna pull some with that. Trust me. And the, you're uh, gonna pull with that hat. And the sweat ring is free. That's free. One of one, limited edition. <laughs> Absolutely. Steve. Soccer sweat in it too. Extra bonus. Free I, of charge, no less. I had some extra that I was gonna say. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not going there. <laughs> Steve, it is eight years for Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Yep, eight long, miserable, hard years. And I was thinking, um, you have been in the industry 30? Yeah, about 30 years. 30. Yeah. And I know that we share the, um, the good feelings of having been able to work for so long in the industry for other people. I mean, it was a great opportunity to really get in, learn the industry, learn the craft, work for other folks, and, and work 
not yeah, just I, as an employee. I let other people pay for my education. But I, I say I had a, yeah, a twenty-year internship that was paid. Yeah, look, I, you know, I was an executive uh, consultant at uh, J.R. Cigar, so I got to learn at the the feet of Lou Rothman, who nobody knows who he is anymore, but he was an icon in our industry. And then I had the luxury and the pleasure of being president and CEO of Drew Estate, and to be there during their formative years where they blew up. So yeah, it's been. Uh, I've been very, very blessed. There's no doubt about it. But I think about obviously as a new as a new owner and no longer an employee. There, there is a lot of the work that I do today, perhaps you do today, that is the same or similar to what we did before. But now you do it not on behalf of company, but as company. Yeah, but on the flip side of that too, you know, when I was at Jr., we had 1,500 employees. It drew, we had 1,700 people. They were all part of the team. And now basically, you know, I'm, I'm the head bottle washer. I buy all the tobacco. I do all the blends. Um, I'm the bad the guy that does the bad graphics. Uh, every, I, it's like crazy. So I will be honest. I so much miss minions. I would, I would give anything <laughs> for some minions. I mean. Well, let me ask, rather than looking at what you miss, Tell me some of the things. Oh, you want me to you, be optimistic? And tell happy? me some of the things that you love about being an owner of your own brand now for eight years. So, that's different than before. So what, what I love about being the owner of my own brand, I today only have to make cigars that I want to make. So I don't have to cater to everybody. I don't have to worry about 95% of the market. I can just zero in on the type of cigars and the type of things that I like to make. And that's very, very liberating. And the other thing too is I get to do all sorts of really messed up stuff and I just get to eat the mistake. You know what I mean? There's, there's nobody to answer to. So everything that's wrong is entirely my fault, but everything that's good is also my fault. Separate of the fact that I have a great team. If I didn't have a great team, I couldn't do what I'm doing at all. Do you find this is not an easy industry to be in? Let's face it. We were just actually talking. You're asking me now my first two years in. Yeah. You were uh, talking about so your I, first couple I, years. I don't want to talk about Michael's experience. <laughs> I can only talk about my experience. Honestly, three years into this, it was I was pretty glum. I mean, I was I was sitting on Abe's back patio one night, like crying in my beer, saying, Man, I, I don't know if we're gonna make it, you know. It was really, really grinding hard. And you know, everybody from the outside always sees how good things are, but they don't know what it really is like in the trenches. But thankfully, God willing, um, you know, we have really managed to we really managed to become like one of the hottest companies in the marketplace today. And, and, and we've been very, very blessed. And had I not gone through that period of what the hell am I doing? I don't know whether I would have stuck it out, but I did. So I'm glad I did. It's it's not an understatement to say that you have really uh, a profound army of brand fans that love what you do. And a lot of them you are connected with on a regular basis through platforms and social yeah. media. So for me, obviously the cigar, the tobacco, that's always number one. You, you have to have a good product. If you don't have a good product, it's kind of mute. You can only market and brand yourself so far. But in the end, even more important than the cigars are the cigar smokers. And I started as a cigar geek, as a cigar consumer, somebody that would pay the ticket, come to an event like The Great Smoke. So I've always understood that from the beginning that it was more about the people than even it was about the product. The product had to be good, 
but you also had to really understand what cigar smokers want, why they want it, what they like, why they like it, and, uh, and embrace that. And also just understand that every success that we've been enjoying is only because people are willing to support us. It's, it's not me. It's the people that are willing to support our small little family company. And if it wasn't for them, who cares? So when you talk about the, the, that balance of the people who are enjoying the product and the story of the product itself and what makes it stand out, there is in our industry this kind of unique and necessary balance of sharing kind of the raw facts about blend and, and, and products, as well as kind of balancing the, the more fanciful tales that make the cigars compelling. Well, How yeah. do you so balance me, that really authentically? Easy. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm kind of a dick. So I just pretty much tell, I just say things straight. And so that is oddly in some way, something that's kind of worked to our advantage. I can't recommend it as a strategy for most companies, but for, for Little Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, I've always been the guy that's been very blunt about everything. And our consumers kind of accept that. I mean, there's nobody more critical of what we do than me. I mean, it's nice you come to this event, people want to take pictures with you and you sign boxes and you're, you're truly honored. But in the end, you always, in the back of my mind, I'm always worried about, am I going to fail? Is the next thing going to be as good? Am I going to satisfy people? I'm, I'm always very apprehensive and very nervous with everything I do. But doesn't that apprehension and nervousness, isn't that what makes you fine tune something? Make sure that you dot the I's, the cross, you cross your T's. You don't take every, you don't take a product for granted. You certainly don't take the people for granted, because that, that uh, fear of failure, is what makes you take the extra look, the extra step. Yeah, and I, and I also admit selfishly, I, I like dancing on the graves of other people too. <laughs> so it's always kind of nice when you're like, there's there's no better revenge in life than being successful, right? And I, I know that may sound kind of shallow to say, but. There is a certain joy in that, too. I mean, I've, I've, I've managed to make my two free, former companies very wealthy over the years with a lot of the work that I did. So it is kind of nice to do that independently, too. So, and, I, and, I, and I take a certain amount of personal satisfaction out of that. But also, there's always in the back of my head, what if the next cigar isn't as good? What if the next one isn't quite, doesn't do well? So I, I always, I'm always worried about that. You, you mentioned uh, that we were together last year at the Great Smoke, and I tend to use this event now as a bit of a, of a, a measuring stick, yeah. because we're back here again, and it's great to see everybody, but you mentioned a different word. Perhaps curmudgeon is one that is used a little more yeah, often. Yeah, curmudgeon, dick, but, asshole, yeah. But, I've heard all those words. But, and generally a self-assessment, too. My question to you is, when you look back since the last time we were all together, yeah. what are two or three real high points over the last 12 months that you look back on really fondly and say, man, he's putting me great. on the spot here. This is, where, this is where things are really weird for me. So as we become more successful, it's meant that there's been more work. So I've been basically just, I'm almost going day to day, moment to moment. I mean, I'm here today, I'm in Nicaragua on Monday, I leave Nika the next week, I'm in Arizona for a week, I come back and I'm right back in Nicaragua. So 
oddly enough, I don't really get to take it in, you know? So as the company is growing and we're becoming more successful, you think I'd be on cloud nine, but the reality is it just means that there's more work and don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not complaining about it. I'm grateful that the work is there, but I'm just so overwhelmingly busy that sometimes I, I don't, it doesn't really set in. So one of the nice things when you do an event like this and you have, you know, 60, 70 people come up to you and say, I really love your cigars. I, I buy them all the time. They're my daily rotation. They're in my humidor. It really means a lot to me. It really, really does. And you would think I wouldn't care and I act like I don't care, but there's nothing, there's nothing better than having a consumer say, oh yeah, man, I smoked one of those with my dad on Friday night and we had a great time together. It was fantastic. It was a perfect evening. And that's, that's very heartwarming. To me, that's the, that's the return an artist gets when you know someone truly loves the work. Yeah, Especially but, but I'm also a greedy artist. I want your money. Let's not kid <laughs> each other. So of please course. go buy Dunbarton Tobacco Trust because I need the cash. Well, let's, let's talk about that. <laughs> you did a TGS uh, limited edition cigar. Yeah. Once again for 2023. Yeah, there, I there think are, I've been the only manufacturer who's done it three years in a row. Three years in a row. Yeah. Tell us about what made this year's release particularly unique or special. Yeah, this year's release was kind of interesting. Look, we all grow a variety of different seeds. And um, so I'm going to give you kind of a basic agricultural lesson here. So when we get a seed from a foreign country, wherever it may be, and it's the first time we plant it in Nicaragua, we then start to naturally hybridize that tobacco because we need to make it ultimately work in the climate with the variety of pests and diseases that we have. So what you end up doing is, typically it takes about 10 crosses before you get to a point that you get a stable plant that works in the new environment in which you're growing it. And so what ended up being the tobacco that was in this year's limited release was a seed that was directly smuggled out of Cuba, and it was the very first planting of it being done in Nicaragua. First so generation. The very, very first time. It's never been done before. And, and the thing is, that seed, ultimately, it will go away because it's not, it's not sustainable from a, look, when we get into technical tobacco terms, as a farmer, we're always worried about yields. Yields is how we make money in the field. We need the crop to produce so many pounds per Manzana in order for it to make practical sense. But when you start with a new seed variety, you're not worried about that. You're worried about integrating that particular seed in that particular environment to get it to a point that it's stable. So those first few crops are almost universally, by practical commercial terms, a failure, but they still produce tobacco and they produce tobacco that's quite unique. So this year's limited release for the Great Smoke was utilizing one of these new seeds that's never been grown outside of Cuba. It was the very first pilot crop of it. And that gives you the opportunity to make something that's really unique that probably you won't be able to make long-term into the future. But that's one of the advantages you can give to the, the great smoke ticket holders, that they have the advantage of, hey, there's a way you could try something that's really extra special and really different. Now, I can't promise you that it's good, because good is a matter of individual choice, whether you like something or don't like something. But it's definitely something that they've never tasted before. And, that, and that's really exciting. And this is the kind of platform where, oh, I only have to make 3,000 or 5,000 of this cigar. I don't have to worry about making a whole brand on a continual basis. So it lets you play around and experiment. In fact, every single one of the Dunbarton releases for the exclusives have always been experimental uh, blends. So, I mean, I think this year was EX-127, 
Last year was EX78. The year before that was EX38. So as a blender and as a cigar maker, it's a lot of fun to do those kind of projects, understanding that they're not really long-term commercially viable. But it gives you something special. In the couple of minutes that we have left, what are you most looking forward to between now and the next time we are all together here at The Great Smoke next year? I, I would love to say that I'm going to lose some weight and I'm going to become a better husband and that I'm going to start treating people nicer, but none of that's true. I'm going to be fatter and meaner by next TGS, I guarantee you. Yeah, it's not happening. There it is. Steve, you have uh, you bring a lot of joy to the people in this room. I don't know why. I, I wouldn't want to hear. Through your personality, <laughs> through your work, through the limiteds, through your core. Um, I know everyone in the room was looking forward to this interview. I know everyone at home was looking forward to it. It's always a pleasure for me to catch up with you on this stage. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Steve Saka of Dunbar. God bless everybody. And have, a, have a great, great day because you're never, you're never going to find a place that you can hang out like this and meet so many great people and make so many new friends and have such a great, great day. Just really take a moment, embrace it, enjoy it. Really, God bless everybody. If you're here live, we're going to be back in a little bit. If you are watching virtually, stick around. The 2023 coverage will return right after this. Welcome back, everyone. This segment of The Great Smoke 2023 is brought to you by Yellowstone Bourbon, faithfully yours since 18. 72. Uh, we are here again live on the main stage, the Great Smoke 2023 with the one and only Ernesto Perez Carrillo. Ernesto, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. You know, um, uh, Michael, the first time I came to this event was, I think, about 15 years ago. And I have to really congratulate, you know, Abe and everybody involved, because this is amazing what's happening here today. I mean, the growth has been incredible, and uh, what can I say? And it's really this, we do a lot of events, right? We do a yes. lot of events, yes. but it's rare to do an event, especially this large, where you walk into a room that feels like family. It is, 100%. You know, it, uh, from the moment I walked in, you know, all the manufacturers, my friends, all the fans that came up and uh, say how happy we were, they were with, you know, what we're putting out there. So, I mean, it really touches the heart. And, you know, Steve brought this up earlier, Steve Saka. I asked him, you know, where, what are the bright moments? Obviously, this is a lot of work. This is not an easy business. It's a lot of work. Right. But what stands out? And he said it's when people come up and say thank you and exactly. share a moment when they enjoyed your stuff. You agree? I agree 100%. You know, that's, that's why we do what we do. You know, we're not only in a business of making cigars, but we're in a business of giving enjoyments to those um, that enjoy smoking cigars. And when people come up, they say, hello, we enjoy your cigars. I mean, it really uh, makes all the hard work, all the effort that goes into it worthwhile. I think it's interesting the way you phrase that, that we're not just making cigars, but we are creating something intended for for people to enjoy exactly you are uh you have a background in that as do i we have some <laughs> interesting things in common yes number one we're both drummers right right number two we both moved to new york city in pursuit of our <laughs> yes. dream of being musicians that's correct yes number three 
while in pursuit, we both worked for Nat Sherman. Yes. Crazy. <laughs> and number four, we have since come to find profound fulfillment in delivering joy differently than we intended. Exactly. But for me, as an artist, it feeds the same part in my soul. It does. As a musician. I, I'd like to hear from you. I mean, there are a lot of musicians and a lot of artists that have found this yes. hobby or found this profession. How do you find your background in music has inspired your growth and development and process in premium cigars? That's, that's a very, very good question, you know, and, and you can probably attain to this. When you're in music, you know, it's like the discipline of practicing every day six, seven hours just to be good. I think this is something that, you know, now in the cigar making, um, you have that discipline where you are constantly, let's say, practicing to come up with that great new blend. You're looking at different tobaccos. Uh, you're meeting a lot of interesting people. In music, you know, I had a lot of mentors in music. Uh, and in the cigar business, you know, I find the same, there's a, there's a how do you say it? a uh, collaboration between music and cigar makers and cigar smoking. So to me that uh, those years that I was a musician, there was also that drive to always do better, to be better than the other musicians that were up at that time. And I think with cigar making, it's pretty much uh, very similar because you're always trying to see what's out there and trying to improve it or come up with something that's going to be unique where your fans will enjoy it. You talk about that discipline, and it's it's sometimes, um, well, first, it's there are so many talented musicians. Yes. And very few become stars. Yes. There are so many great cigars on the market today. Very few enjoy the success that you have enjoyed. But in particular, you've not enjoyed it just once, but you've enjoyed it twice yes your story is really a one of one story so let's yes. catch people up just to make sure in case you don't know the first story is the el crudito la gloria cubana story yes if we we certainly know the idea of boutique brands today but not an understatement el crudito and la gloria cubana was probably the first real boutique cigar that ultimately was recognized in Cigar Aficionado, got ratings that were just, you know, uh, uh, far and away beyond what was in the industry in that moment. What was it like then for you in those mid-1990s, early to mid-1990s, to suddenly have this recognition for something that was so simple and so hard to do when you finally got the recognition for the La Gloria Cubana, I think it was the Wavel. The Wavel, yes. What, what was that moment? Well, you know, I, I think, and I have to say something. Uh, you know, people call me the godfather of boutique cigars. And I have to say that the, the person that came up with that name is you. <laughs> Remember that? Yes. <laughs> but I think, you know, during those times, um, it was shocking because, you know, it was just something that I never expected. Uh, I've been in, the, in this business now for about 50 years, and believe me, during that time, 
the business was nothing like it is today. So when you're confronted with something like this, all of a sudden you don't know what to do. You're just running on adrenaline, I guess you could say, and not really seeing what is happening. I think the, uh, the second time around with my new company, with my family, we kind of appreciated it more because that was really hard work to get there. So 1999 was when you ultimately sold to Swedish Match, La right. Gloria. And then you were offsides, not for very long. And then uh, in 2009, you came back with Tabacalera Alianza. Correct. That was the early days when you and I were sitting down. Right. Godfather of Boutique yes. perhaps was coined at that time. And since then, I have to say, I think the room would agree, a pretty disappointing track record. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, if you just look at this, the number one cigar of 2018 and 2020, the number two cigar in 2014, top 25, 2017 and 2019, Cigar Aficionado Hall of Fame. I'm just wondering, when are you going to start trying? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like at this point, you really should start putting some points on the board. No, all, all, all kidding aside, what I'd like to ask you, if you look back at the La Gloria Cubana days, yes, and now you look at Tabacalera Alianza days, and you've experienced, I mean, really profound success in both, how have you approached Alianza and EPC differently based on the mistakes you made during the El Crudito time? Well, I think, we, you know, with a new company, Michael, uh, you know, first of all, we have to say, we have to admit that nowadays there's a lot more competition. There's a lot more gray cigars out there. Uh, with the Gloria Cubana, I, th I think it was a market that was there uh, because of Cigar Aficionado, when they came out, you know, all the craziness that went on with it. Uh, after, when I started my new company, there was a lot more challenges. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm blessed to have uh, my kids working with me because, you know, they see, they take care of part of business, which I, you know, frankly don't understand. So I think that a lot of the success that, um, that we've had as this company was because of that challenge out there of trying to make a, a, a cigar that would stand out among the, the crowd. And like I said before, there are great cigars out there. So nowadays, to make a cigar, you ha really have to be, in a certain way, unique uh, so that people will, will try it, try it at least. And before with La Gloria Cubana, it was just, you know, the heydays of the uh, industry. And now that I find, now there's still the heydays of the industry, but a more, how could I put this, a more... Uh, centralized, you know, consumers, they know what they want to smoke. They're very knowledgeable about what's out there. So you really have to be in your top game to uh, stand out. And so how do you do that? How do you, I, I, can, I, I imagine it now as a, as a young brand owner, uh, there, there's something about that fire 20 years, 24 years into the business. Yes. You're 50 years into the business. And a lot of folks who have had 50 years in, let's say have, have slowed or they've, they've uh, passed some responsibilities and torch, but you are still, you are, you're like the Roy Haynes of, of the cigar business. Although you're not as old. You're not as old. Roy Haynes is 91. I know, no, you're not as old. But this guy, I'm, is I'm still, getting close. this guy is still out there. You know, he's still playing oh, at his best level. And I think 
that goes back to this idea of the mentality of an artist. It's never over. It's never over. Right? It's always this quest to get better, this quest to be different. Yes. How does that feel today as a, as a veteran of industry versus when you were, let's say, younger during La Gloria? Is it a different, is it a different effort? Is it a different emotion? How does it feel today when you are still full throttle trying to be your best? Well, it's, it's again, I think it goes back to, to my years of being a musician. You know, you were always trying to, uh, how do you say, compete, not only with people, you know, in the industry, but with yourself. And I think that, you know, me personally, I'm never satisfied with anything I do. I always try to, you know, if I think I have something good, I try to make it better. And it's just something that's innate in me. You know, I'm, I'm always competing with myself. And of course, I'm competing with those people out there that are making cigars also. And, you know, although we're all friends, you know, we're all colleagues, there's still that sense of, you know, I want to see how I can um, improve or even grow more than we've had up to this to, the, to now. I'm sure you did the same thing as a drummer. You listen to the people who inspire you. Yes. You learn from the people who inspire you. Yes. You try and emulate the people who inspire you, yes. but then you try and create your own sound. Exactly, exactly. How do you take that approach? Because I know you're, you, you are really um, an advocate of industry. Your friendships and relationships with, with your fiercest competitors yes. are truly genuine friendships rooted in love. How do you balance the inspiration and affection with not trying to follow or copy, but then take that and find your own voice? Well, you know, th there's a lot of ways to do that, Michael. You know, I travel a lot to, uh, you know, I go to, I'm in Dominican Republic, but I'll travel a lot to Nicaragua, to Honduras, you know, even in Dominican Republic. I go and I visit different factories and I try to see what they're doing. Um, you know, not only blending-wise or tobacco-wise, but also, you know, the whole structure of the business. And believe me, you can learn a lot. I go out to the fields, and I see what they're doing, and it's amazing how much, you know, new tobaccos, although we may not know it, is right now are being worked on, you know, new seeds, uh, new zones that, you know, years ago, that wasn't the case. So constant discipline, constant, constant learning. learning. Counseling. I have time for just two more questions, Ernie. The first, if you would quickly, there is a TGS exclusive cigar from EPC. Tell us about that cigar, that blend, that project. Okay, the, the project, what well, we're doing here, I believe it's the, the, uh, the uh, Inch Nicaragua, right? Yeah. Yeah. Plus, we do some you know, special things for us or for uh, Abe. But the uh, Inch Nicaragua here, it's a new thing that a uh, couple of years ago, I started looking into reading a lot about chefs, you know, gourmet chefs and that type of thing. And what they did was that, you know, they go to different uh, restaurants in different cities and they would cook in that kitchen. So I got this idea. The first project we did, I went to the uh, Placencia factory and I said, you know, let's make an, a, uh, a cigar and let me blend it. And I mean, they were open to it and it was, you know, that's how we got the first inch, Nicaragua. And then our second project was with the Allegans, which is under the Perez Carrillo lines. And I did that with Oliva. Again, you know, we buy tobaccos from Placencia, we buy tobaccos from Oliva, 
And the idea was, you know, let me go in there and see what, you know, what you guys have and what we can make that's different than we make and that you make in your own factories. So those projects to me, um, you know, to me, they're innovative. My last question for you, and uh, it's the one I'm most excited to ask. With 50 years of achievement, what is still on your bucket list? What is the next big thing that is a goal for you that you want to achieve? That's a great question. And um, I think, and I have to say this because, you know, like I said, there's, there's, there's a lot of great tobaccos out there. I think I still have a lot of different blends that I always, you know, try think of about or work with different tobaccos. But I think me personally, I think my, my bucket list, the thing that I like to do before I, I finally retired is to be able to make blends with Cuban tobacco. That would me would be, I think the, uh, you know, after that, I don't, I don't see where else I could go, but that's my, uh, my dream. And, you know, and I'm talking about, um, getting away from everything, all the politics and everything that goes on in the world, just trying to blend, you know, some Cuban tobacco with Dominican, with Nicaraguan, with Honduran tobaccos, because I think that's going to be very exciting for the future of this industry. Ladies and gentlemen, Ernesto Perez Carrillo. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you all very much. Ba, ba, ba. There we go. What's up, everybody? All right. I need everybody to listen up real quick. All right. How many times have you been at home and you lost your wallet, your car keys, your glasses, and it drove you nuts? All right. I'm lucky. You know why? I lost my cell phone. There's 1,500 of you in here. All right? And it's easy to know it's mine because it's got the Smoke In logo on the back. So look around, and if you see a black phone with a Smoke In logo, I sat down somewhere probably for a minute, left it there. But if you see a phone, a black phone with a Smoke In logo, it's my phone. I'd appreciate it if someone could find it. What was that? How much? One in every group. All right. That being said, is Kevin Shahan in the house? Kevin Shahan, where are you? Come here. Oh, yeah, come here. If anybody who has my cell number, call my phone. Oh, it's on vibrate. Damn it. Oh, yeah. So you want to send me pictures? And you, you know, oh, yeah. So anybody who follows me or knows me, one of my mentors, and if you've been in the business long enough, you'll know who I'm talking about. But one of my mentors was Sal Fontana. Actually, my first mentor in this business. I met Sal in 1995. And... Sal, I never met him before. I went to a convention. My man! Where was it? Yes, yeah, where I was taking a break. Thank you so much. Always have faith in the people. I knew it would be found before this segment's over. Are you calling me to tell me to help me ring my phone, Scott? It's Scott Weeks. It is Scott Weeks. If anybody doesn't know who Scott Weeks is from Iconic Cigars, he was watching the broadcast. 
and called my phone. Thank you, thank you, Scott. My man, there we have it. Beautiful thing, thank you very much. So, Sal was my mentor and very much my elder. He had already elder. Sal was already in the business for 30 years, I think, before I even started. But Sal literally hand took me to every single person in this industry as of relevance and introduced me as, as his friend and was really the spark of some of the lifelong friendships I've had in this industry. Some of the relationships that helped me get the support from the 30 and 40 manufacturers who come and make this event possible every year. Sal passed away 10 years from the 2021 digital experience at 80 some years old. Great man. But we always had this relationship where we bickered, right? We would bicker and we would bet, and, you know, we would never pay each other. So finally I, I got frustrated and I said, Sal, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna bet a dollar, one dollar. But when you lose, you have to sign it. I was wrong, you were right, Abe. Man, he, that, that pissed him off. He never wanted to do it. I have a stack of bills in my drawer about this high now, about 20 years later, and probably eight or nine of them belong to Sal Fontana. God rest your soul, Sal, I love you, I miss you. So I have this thing that I started, it all started with Sal Fontana, where when people, I argue and I bicker with people, we bet a dollar, we don't hurt anybody, but you have to sign it. Now, I have lost, I've probably lost 10 or 12 times in my career, but I have a stack like this, so my win ratio is pretty good. And maybe about a year ago, we, were, we have a whereby channel and somebody was on the whereby channel and we, they questioned something. And I didn't see who it was because they didn't have their photo open. They were just talking. And I said, no. And they said, you want to bet a signed dollar bill? I said, yeah. I didn't know it was this man. If I'd known, I wouldn't have bet because I know he made a review of every cigar we send out. So I lost a signed dollar bill. How long ago was that? By the way, if anybody doesn't know, this is Kevin Shahan of Cigar Prop. All right, he has a social media channel. He makes some great tools for your cigars. Look him up, please. But how long ago was that that, that whereby happened? Uh, is his mic hot? Can we get his mic hot? Nope. Uh, about three months ago. Was it really only three months? No. Because, no, I don't want to bet. I don't want to bet. But it was the Connoisseur Club. The Connoisseur Club's been over for two months. Like, don't bet me. You might lose this one. Was it? All right. So, but Kevin lives on the other coast, and I don't see him all the time. So, and the reason why I was looking for his phone, and you won't be able to see this, but I'm going to try to show it anyway. During the event, he texts me a picture of my cutout over in the corner, handing him a $1 bill. This is what I get during the event. It's a picture of my cutout and he's taking the $1 bill from me. So what you get is you get me giving you a $1 bill live, signing it in front of everybody. Oh, that's absolutely perfect. That's what perfect. you get now. Perfect. So, here, you, you can talk while I, I pull out my dollar bill. Hang on. Yeah. Sit down, Vince. That's the theme of the day. This does not happen very often. 
Big shout out to Nick Melillo Foundation Cigars. You are the reason Abe is signing this dollar bill for me. Right here. Thank you. Don't ever much. say I squelch on a bet. That's it. Thank you very much. Enjoy that dollar bill. There's probably only a dozen of them floating out there. Right on. Give it up I for Kevin Shahan, everybody. Check him out on Cigar Prop, please. Welcome back, everyone. This is the final interview of The Great Smoke 2023. This segment of The Great Smoke is being brought to you by Yellowstone Bourbon. For our final interview today, we have Amanda McAuliffe. Round of applause, please, for Amanda. Thank you, guys. Excited to be here. So, <clears throat> McAuliffe Cigars is six years in business. Is that about right? Yes. And you have been involved for three of the last six. Correct. I joined the company in late 2019. My first question. Your father has been described as a serial entrepreneur. Presumably, you grew up with a dad who had these incredible businesses. I mean, I was just looking. Silicone rubber, oil and gas, auto parts, aircraft leasing, restaurants, ranches. What did 12-year-old Amanda McAuliffe want to be when she grew up? Oh, this is going to be embarrassing. I wanted to be a killer whale trainer when I was 12. Killer whale trainer. Yes. It's a serious answer. Uh, that is a serious answer that I can't believe I just said publicly, but yes. And was it something that you were interested in actually pursued, or was it like, I mean, I wanted to be an archaeologist just because I saw Indiana Jones. No, I, I went to SeaWorld. I thought it was cool. I wanted to swim with killer whales, and yes. that seemed like a really great way to get that done. I love it. Later in life, I figured out that maybe I would just enjoy watching whales, whales and perhaps pursue something a little more business-minded. And so <laughs> as you grew up, you got into high school, college. What ended up, how did your interests sort of uh, inspire what you ultimately wanted to be? So in high school, I actually started spending a lot of time with our drama club, which led me to film. And so I spent 20 years working in Los Angeles in the film business as a, a movie producer and commercials, music videos, things like that. When social media started to kind of rise up, I became very interested in short form content which led me into uh, storytelling and marketing from that aspect. And ultimately, that's what I kind of came back to the family businesses to do. So you rejoined family business with a focus still in the arts that you were sort of pursuing. Yeah, very much. When I was, my last five years in Los Angeles were very focused on short form content, experiential events, much like this, and community building. And so that's what I really focused on at McAuliffe Cigars. So I think the obvious question is, with uh, so many options within your suite of family businesses, um, with your experience and success in film in Los Angeles, why on earth would you pick premium cigars to go all in on? So, um, well, I, so I split my time. I spend about half my time with the cigar business, and I do spend half my time with our silicone manufacturing business, which is one of our core businesses. Uh, and so the why cigars, 
you know, it's funny. That's the question I asked my dad when he started the company is why cigars? And, um, I, and I wasn't a cigar smoker at all. He was. And what I, and he really started telling me about meeting the Gomez Sanchez family that blend our cigars and how he felt like they made fantastic cigars, but there was some operational things that he could do to really help them. He knew that he could take our family's manufacturing experience, having manufactured all over the world, and be able to apply that to making great cigars in Nicaragua. And felt like the brothers and their, their mother, Magdalia San Sanchez, had a, had a gift for blending cigars, but that they would never reach more people unless somebody came in and put that, that sort of rocket fuel behind them. And he felt like the McCalla family could do that. And I loved that idea. And I felt like my experience with storytelling and social media and experiential events and community building could help amplify that message. Uh, and so why not cigars? And you now enjoy cigars. I do, very much. And the culture and the people, the whole thing. I mean, it's... All of it, from top to bottom. It's, a, it's an incredible uh, community. And, uh, you know, it's pretty fun to work in something that is made the same way that it was, you know, 100, 200 years ago. There aren't any real handmade products, for the most part, like what we get to enjoy every day. Certainly not ones where each individual yes, one is crafted by hand for one person to enjoy. That's a staggering It, it really craft. is. It, it, the more I learn about the cigars, the more astounded I, I become about what we do. And quite frankly, the price point we are able to deliver it to people for. I, you know, I think what's wonderful about this group is so many of the folks in this room and watching at home have had the opportunity to visit cigar yes. factories, see the process. And I think everyone leaves with this sense of, oh, I mean, how is it possible you can have a handmade premium cigar this good, this consistent for $10? I, I, I agree. It's, it's kind of mind boggling. Your work storytelling, I, what I appreciate so much about watching your story as a company um, is the way you approach this balance of being innovative. And I think all, all brands face this challenge. If you're a new company, you, you have to balance um, innovation, perhaps even disruption, but without being disrespectful. And there are some people who come in full throttle, perhaps without that that mentality um but you guys didn't do that you have really come in with a very clear reverence for industry whether it's the manufacturing side the retail side and certainly the consumer side but i'm curious what was the sort of guiding light for you to preserve that level of reverence and respect for industry while you were still trying to grow and find your lane you know, it's a fantastic question because I think part of what is exciting and gets me out of bed in the morning is having an opportunity to be disruptive. But I think to be disruptive effectively, it's incredibly important to pay credence to the people who came before you. And the cigar industry and the legacy around the cigar industry is astounding. And the families that have passed down the techniques they use to make cigars and the farmers that still grow tobacco in the same way their families did, you know, generations before is too important to dismiss. And so, you know, I think the guiding light is that we have a 
real desire to make sure more people in the world are aware of what goes into making premium cigars. So they help us protect that heritage for generations to come. It's too important to not carry that message forward for another you know, generation and generation beyond that. For me, there are, there are two things that stand out as that balance on the innovative, different thinking, uh, disruptive side of, of uh, your business. The first is McAuliffe made a very deliberate and very strategic decision shortly after being in market as to how they would go to market, how you would go to market. And that was very specifically um, leaning into brick and mortar stores and, and not going through what perhaps would be an easier road of growth, which are the major catalog, major online retail outlets. But it's no secret that those channels probably represent 40-50% of the total industry volume. But McAuliffe is still uh, firmly committed in this idea of supporting brick-and-mortar partners and letting them be the conduit to consumer uh, as far as your product itself. Talk a bit about that decision. Was it, was it a difficult decision? Was it easy? And, and how has it turned out? It was one of the easiest decisions that we've made as a company. Uh, for us, it was painstakingly clear what we needed to do to ensure McAuliffe Cigar's long-term success. One of the benefits of being part of a family of businesses is I don't need to build a cigar company for today or five years from now. We get to build the cigar company for 25 years from now. And we get to make decisions with that in mind. And so when you look at the long tail of what's going to be happening in the cigar industry, it was really clear to us that if we don't support brick and mortar partners today, there will be no cigar industry tomorrow. And with that in mind, it was incredibly clear the only option was to make sure that we put our resources and our marketing dollars behind the brick and mortar partners to secure everyone's future. And your team is a, a pretty extraordinary team. I mean, I've, I've worked with a few, of your, uh, a few of your salespeople. I've gotten to meet other folks. Um, the, these guys and gals really live the company like it's theirs. It's, it's rare that you see employees with the, with the passion of ownership. Um, is that something that you instill in them or is that something that they just adopt? So I think it really actually starts with the McAuliffe Cigar Ambassador Group, who, uh, you know, there's almost 10,000 members, 5,000 are active on Facebook, and we consider them our board of directors. And so when your company starts with the idea that your ambassador group from the consumers are your board of directors, then it just sort of rolls up, right? So of course, for the salespeople, they feel the same sort of ownership and empowerment that they would have since they represent the band to the consumers and, and so forth. How do you balance, uh, you opened up right into my next point, which is this idea of community and uh, we all in this industry, I think, uh, believe that's, that we have our own community, our loyal fan base, but no one has done it the way McAuliffe has done it with this army of ambassadors, 10,000 strong. But what I think is so interesting and unique about the way you have created 
this sort of army of advocates is that they're, um, of course, preaching the gospel of McAuliffe all the time. And yet on your platform, you are so welcoming to the rest of industry. I mean, I feel so fortunate. I've been part of the shows. I've done interviews um, within this, this McAuliffe ambassador community. It seems to me that you're also sort of balancing not just an, ad, an advocacy and amplification of McAuliffe, but part of the McAuliffe brand is industry. Is that kind of on brand? Yes. I, 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 I love how you said that. I, it is a big part of who we are. Um, again, it goes back to we really believe a strong cigar industry will ultimately make a strong McAuliffe cigars. And so we use that as our razor when we make decisions. So, of course, bringing you know, other brands onto our platform to talk to our consumers is a easy decision because it just helps, you know, prop up the whole industry. And, and that's really where we're coming from. Where, where does Amanda go? Is, do, you, do you see cigars as really uh, one of those industries that once you're in, you can't get out? Are there other uh, goals that you have personally that now you want to take your film and media and now what you've learned in this cigar industry and then apply it somewhere else what's what's your next goal personally cigars are going to be a part of our family of businesses and a, a part of my life forever and i think it's just how do we continue to grow the cigar industry and what's fun about cigars is it pairs so well with so many other things so as I think to the future of McAuliffe, it's, it's about cigars, but it's also about what partnerships can we make with other cigar brands, but also with other craft, you know, liquor or wine or fly fishing. You know, there's so many different avenues and synergies that you can take a company that I think you can really grow beyond just being about cigars while still playing a huge homage to the cigar industry. This community here at Smoke In, the socialites, everyone who's here is really... Uh, uh, a very impressive community. How can this community help the McAuliffe Ambassadors community? You know, one of the things we're most proud of is we we share a lot of ambassadors with the socialites. So there's tons of synergy already happening, which I love. You know, but what I ask of any group of people when I'm talking about cigars is to support your local brick and mortar. We understand not everybody is close to a shop and sometimes you have to, to shop online and when you do, we get it. Try to find a, you know, a, a brick and mortar that, uh, sorry, an online shop that, that also has a brick and mortar. That will make for a stronger cigar industry. And ultimately, that's the best thing you can do to help the McAuliffe Cigar Ambassadors, the Socialites, and any of your favorite cigar brands. And clearly, this is a long-term play for your yeah, family. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, Amanda McAuliffe from McAuliffe Cigars, a round of applause, please, for our final interview of The Great Smoke. <laughs> 2023 we wish you nothing but continued success you and your family thanks for joining us all right i got a question for everybody in the room please answer as loud as you can did everybody have a good time all right one more time one more time come on get it out this is going all over social media ready did everybody have a good time that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Yes. The Great Smoke 2023 Big Time Party. What the hell?
can't be over. This can't be over. I did not miss this. This cannot be over. What the hell? This cannot be over. Shut, Shut the, the fuck up! up! Wow! Now it's party time! <laughs>